Hi there, welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Benjamin Light. And this is Marcus Sparks. And uh, we're back to chat again about Star Wars. Not really much on the Episode 7 front right now, but some minor stuff with the spinoffs we thought we'd talk about. Yeah. I guess the, the major news is that uh, Gary Whitta, the guy who they hired to write presumably the first spinoff, he's, I don't know, it's it's funny, like, how it's being framed it's like he's like oh i'm done i did my year and now i'm done and everyone's like oh thanks for helping us out writing the first draft yeah. uh usually a writer doesn't just leave no unless they want like i don't know it's like they're they're all playing very nice about it it's hard to say like are they really just bringing in somebody else to polish it or are they going in a different direction yeah well just did my year and then now i'm done like you weren't in creative jail you know you were writing a Star Wars movie. Well, it sounds a little like the Michael Arndt thing, really. Yeah. Um, maybe a little more coordinated this time to put a good face on things. But it was the same thing when he left. It was like, oh, yeah, he's been working on a year and he wants to do other projects now. Yeah. Like, well, oh, okay. Does he? And with Arndt, there was that like rumor shitstorm for so long when he left. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, they brought in Lawrence Kasdan and people still thought like, oh, God. It's in the hands of amateurs or whatever. It's it's tanking. Well, the the Gary Wooda, that guy is kind of infamous with Star Wars fans because he, like, a, a while back before he got hired, he'd, like, talked a bunch of shit about Lucas and, and whatnot and the prequels. And so a lot of Star Wars fans who liked the prequels, like, instantly hated this guy as soon as he was hired because they found out about that. Hmm. And I think he, he tried to go, like, delete some old posts on message boards with people had screenshots and, you know... <laughs> Well, it's a weird time because it, a lot of people like will lead you to believe that Disney wants to get the hell away from the prequels as much as possible. And mm-hmm. yet things like the Clone Wars are still like actively in the the new continuity, right? They are, but I, I don't know if that necessarily means they're going to like do anything with them. But I mean, they wouldn't necessarily need to be. It's not like they necessarily needed to be before. The same thing with like the the Jendi Tarkovsky. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I know the Clone Wars was like still ongoing when they bought Disney, mm-hmm. or when Disney bought Lucasfilm, and they're it's like the same guys doing Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of don't really expect anything relating to either of those shows to show up in at least the main Star Wars movies. Maybe one of the spinoffs will. I don't know, use some of the same material. Maybe like a, a similar alien race or something. Yeah. I think I just saw today that uh, Lando's going to make an appearance in Rebels. Oh, sure. Like, like young Lando. Yeah. Drinking Colt 45. I don't know. I, I'd still, I still don't know what to think of these spinoff movies. I'm not sure if they're really necessary. At least the all the pitches I've heard sounded kind of blah to me. Right. I don't need to see a young Yoda movie. I don't need to see a young Han Solo movie. Especially uh, not with Aaron Paul. Yeah, that was another one of the rumors is that Aaron Paul would play young Han Solo, which not only does he not look like Harrison Ford, but his whole affect is completely different from Harrison Ford. I I just don't see that at all. Did the castle run, bitch? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Aaron Paul's ever really going to escape that uh, typecasting. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think that's pretty much his range. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see him being Han Solo, I, I just that would be baffling casting to me. Yeah. I don't know how you recast Han Solo, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, Harrison Ford's a pretty hard person to replace, but especially not with Aaron Paul. Well, That's I remember, just bizarre. 
back in the 90s, I saw some some picture or something where Duchovny and Harrison Ford had the same haircut at some magazine, and I thought they should play father and son. That does not mean I think that Duchovny mm-hmm. should play young Han Solo. That'd be terrible. I just don't see a need for spinoff movies that are like essentially more prequels. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I guess it'd be kind of neat to see, but it they they seem like they'd be completely inconsequential to the main storyline. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Marvel thing where it's like, you know, you can have Thor go off on his own adventure, like between Avengers 1 and 2, and like some of what happens there is going to carry over. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're going for. Uh, that would almost be easier in some ways, I think, than the the prequel side movies. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see how you can get that sort of story momentum if all your spinoffs are like these prequels. Yeah. I mean, the the main rumor is that the first spinoff movie is going to be kind of about Boba Fett, but like really just about like bounty hunters and like a I think the is like a heist movie of some sort. The the thing I read is that it would be like how they stole the original Death Star plans, like a group of bounty hunters. Oh, okay. which, eh, I, I number one, I don't feel like that's a story that really needs telling. Number two, it, it would seem this... weird for Boba Fett to be involved with that. Right? Is this when a lot of Bothans lost their lives? No, that would be the second Death Star plans. Second. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, don't you feel like this is really taking us away from the important debate, which is the uh, the new lightsaber? I haven't cross- talked about the new lightsaber enough. Uh, I don't know. I just, I'm so fast after watching this, uh, this guy's video that was like linked to on io9 today with the, the spinning his sword around and talking about his quillions and what have you. I just, I love how people are passionate about this, especially like broadsword enthusiasts, longsword enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put that on the back burner and, uh, talk about the, the spinoffs. Okay. Uh, I don't know. If, if you were doing a Star Wars spinoff, what would you do or what, what would you like to see a spinoff movie be? Because to me, like, how they stole the Death Star plans is like, eh, I, I just, I don't know. Right. Do, do we need a whole movie about that? Uh, I don't think that the Bounty Hunters thing on their own are as cool. Um, especially not Boba Fett. I think if people really were to consider Boba Fett as a character, he's not that interesting. I mean, you'd have to no. have, like, in your typical five-man band situation... He would be the tough guy or the the big guy, right? I mean, he wouldn't even be your your lancer or your main guy. Um, well, because he's a like a stone cold mercenary, so he like I, I don't know what kind of arc you would give him, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure Tamara Morrison would love this that come about. Oh, they wouldn't bring that guy back. And see, that's there'd be no chance in hell they bring that guy back. And then it just gets confusing to me. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, I don't know. I I could see some a movie about kind of bounty hunter smuggler types in like whatever the the time frame of episode seven is. Mm-hmm. Like having their own kind of like maybe you meet one of those characters in episode seven and then they like have a whole side thing that, that happens. Yeah, that's that'll like maybe do. get picked up. Like to me that would make sense for a spinoff movie. Going back to do like the young Han Solo adventures or like Boba Fett back in the day i just don't know i mean i'd watch it of course but i wouldn't really have much of a an expectation of anything good coming out of that right and it it really depends on who these characters are i mean based on what little we do know now 
I could see where like the first side movie was like the Oscar Isaacs movie or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, that could be your, your X-Wing squadron movie. But then I guess the rumor is that that's the third side movie. I don't know. Oh, it's, the red five. Yeah. It, whatever to spin it off really what it is in that literal term we'd have to know more about the characters themselves and, and mm-hmm. maybe a few story elements that you could explore well, threads of. Well, that's the same thing. Every rumor I've seen about the spinoffs has been like, it'll be a young Han Solo movie or a, like Boba Fett movie or a Yoda movie or like an Obi-Wan between episodes three and four. And, and I don't know. It's like, I, I don't think they'd have as much of an audience for that. I mean, I'm sure they'd make money, but. I feel like you'd almost kind of like be like diluting the brand a little. Yeah, a little I'd bit. rather they just made a TV show. Yeah, uh, especially considering whatever the budget might be for these movies. You mm-hmm. know, if it's going to be equal to like episode seven's budget, I think it's going to be indiscernible to your general movie audience. And yeah, it would seriously just brand fatigue would set in mm-hmm. in a harsh way. Well, I think it'd be a little confusing audiences too if it was just like, here's a Boba Fett movie from back when, uh, back during, set during the original trilogy time. And I don't know. Then they'd just be trying to figure out like how this is supposed to fit in. They would have to be something to me. What is, um, what is the stupid crystal that they keep talking about? Oh, the Kyber crystal. Like it would have to be something where like in episode seven, the Kyber crystal is seen or, or witnessed or mentioned. And then, you know, with, characters that would be organic and natural to that story something with the kyber crystal i mean i feel like you would want to it'd have to come back to this new trilogy it'd have to basically expand upon but then also like re-promote this new trilogy is is how i would want well like all to be designed imagine after empire came out Mm. and you're like man what happened with that bounty hunter and orton mandel and they're like hey we're making a whole movie about it would that really work you're like, okay, I guess we're going to have a whole movie about what happened with the bounty hunter at Ord Mandel now. Yeah, like, it, I feel it, like it that, that that line works because we can fill in the blanks with our imagination there. You know, but as much as you and I aren't fans at all of, like, the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies, like, mm-hmm. imagine if those were made now by a different director who was a little more, I don't know, less prone to standing up to a studio. Like, Two Towers would be itself split into two movies. Oh God! You know everything. Like everything. Well, I mean, if if up. I had my way and in infinite resources, they'd make six movies for all six books of Lord of the Rings. But that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah. It's on our Lord of the Rings podcast. Mm-hmm. Bros of the Rings. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan of the idea of a prequel story in general, as we've discussed. Um, one of our listeners, perhaps our only listener, wrote a blog post about this, arguing in in favor of the prequels as a tor- storytelling device. I still disagree. Uh, I still like being able to do a dark ending because it's the prequels. I I don't think that's really an argument for the narrative format itself. Because um, the only way you can get re- get away with, you know, a downer ending for episode three is because we all know it connects to episode four. But we still know what's happening. And I feel like whatever you might gain by being able to do like an offbeat ending you're losing from the fact that everybody knows it's coming. Um, I, I don't know. The, I don't agree with you necessarily, but I don't know that the prequels themselves are a good example of that. I, I think how 
can still be a very interesting story. The the problem I had with the prequels in that regard was, you know, like it's, it comes back to like, yeah, you want to hear about the Clone Wars almost more than you want to see them at times. And especially the, the jokes about it's a bunch of meetings and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's you're you're sitting there thinking about like that final fight, you know, and I don't know that you necessarily got enough stuff setting up the end of Revenge of the Sith in Phantom Menace as far as like the relationships of characters that we know of. Um, I, I think a lot of the characters who were are native to the prequels themselves got short shrift. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I guess I see like the idea of flashbacks and TV shows, I think works very well mm-hmm. to kind of illuminate new facets of characters. I just don't think a prequel works the same way. I feel like it's, there's something about that storytelling model. Like in it's not, Star Wars is not the only prequel out there. Like, that just even like the Hobbit movie, they, you know, Hobbit is not a prequel. They basically shot it like it was a prequel. Mm-hmm. And those movies just feel kind of dead. Like you, you know, you know, it's like your main character's not in danger and Gandalf's not in danger. So you're just, I don't know, it's, you're just along for the ride. Well, and I think having just seen two of the Hobbit movies, thankfully, um, like for anyone You'll who see actually. That for third one eventually. I hope not. Um, like maybe if I'm, if I die and I'm a bad person, that'll be my my reward for eternity is having to see that. But, uh, you know, for people who actually were fans of those first three Hobbit or first three Lord of the Rings movies, I, I feel like the Hobbit movies are just intensely damaging to them in, <laughs> tense, in terms of scale. And like you said, caring about the characters, what was the, we were joking about like Jacob, Jacob Clifton's tweet about it, which was just, uh, at the end of uh, return of the King, like, or, uh, like, let's just like, yeah, my dad was right. I really didn't need to meet that strider bro. <laughs> Um, it's like, yeah, you're just setting up a scale for no reason. Like, shouldn't the Lord of the Rings have been the bigger three movies yeah. and everything happening? And don't, aren't they trying to challenge that directly in the Hobbit well, movies? Well, and I think one of the things about prequels is they're often the idea is like, oh, we could go back and find out what happened with this throwaway line of dialogue. But usually that throwaway line of dialogue does not lend itself to like an entire movie. You know, yeah. I mean, like, you, there, there were different ways they could have done the prequels. I think to make them more narratively compelling, but ultimately, like you're really just there to see like the lightsaber fight. Ultimately, right? Yeah, but like I said, I think the characters that they set up that were interesting in the prequels didn't get satisfying resolutions. Like I don't, because well, I'm not sure if they can though in that format where everything is building towards this predetermined goal. Because no matter what happens in the prequels, we know the only thing that really matters is the fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin and him falling to the dark side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so well, I, I don't know if there's room for like proper narrative arcs for characters who aren't related to that. This thing I'm still like super intrigued about is so Lucas's style was always, you know, main production, take a break, come back and do reshoots, not just like like a month of reshoots, like yeah. a month of reshoots. But and sometimes like as much as people would joke about how his movies would change in the editing room, they would also change in those reshoots. And what didn't mm-hmm. he have said that like Anakin's actual fall was different in the original version of the return of the Sith. And a lot of the reshoots kind of changed that or, or shifted it quite a bit. Like, yeah, apparently they like completely redid that whole story arc. So, I mean, yeah, I think just the way he had organized it, you led the characters like Padme not getting enough you know, in her, mm-hmm. her resolution or her ending. Um, 
I don't know that it's necessarily just because of the prequel format or how it was handled there. I mean, you can make the argument that, you know, talking about since we do a PLL podcast, like the first secret is both a Epsilon flashback, but also a prequel of sorts. That's different, though. That's a TV show and that there really is just a flashback episode. But I uh, mean, you could do a movie like that where it, it takes a, a whole movie stuff, expands upon it. I feel like there's a difference between doing a whole hour and a half to two hour movie like that and like one episode of a TV show that's flashback. It would have to have a very clever like like setup and and framing, but and that's that's what can you can you think of a single prequel story, not just in Star Wars that that's actually like just completely nails it and is a satisfying story on its own. No, I don't think people have done that before. I don't Mm -hmm. I don't think it's even really been like something people have considered or tried. And I'm not going to use like the Godfather's example because that's really just flashbacks, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like Godfather yeah. Part Two. Um, I think that's part of what made the Star Wars prequels interesting, at least you know in their inception. Whenever he first decided to do that, like 30 years ago, um, it's not an idea that I think is bad. It's it's all an execution. And and like like I said, the the episode of PLL was executed so well that it seemed like it was a necessary episode when it was done. But I think beforehand you could have argued that. Yeah, it but wasn't. to me, that's like the episode of Lost where we find out about uh, Richard Alper. It's, it's, there's a difference between that and a prequel as a movie. A prequel mm-hmm. as a movie has to completely stand on its own. Oh, I agree. I agree. Just like movies, like TV shows that go on to have movies have to mm-hmm. stand on their own. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so in conclusion, I still disagree about the prequel format. I mean, I, you know, we both like the prequels. We we can enjoy them, but mm-hmm. I think we're much more excited about the sequels. You know, the the thing Jerry wrote was that uh, you couldn't have like a like a, a down, you know, like bad guys win type of ending in a sequel because it's like it's Hollywood and, you know, Disney wouldn't allow that. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, there's that. And I, I mean... I they could if they wanted to basically if they knew like if they knew we're gonna do episodes seven eight nine and then ten eleven and twelve right after it they could end episode nine on like a downer note and then you know mm-hmm. with the plan to go ahead um I think the idea of a downer ending is a little bit overrated anyway mm-hmm. um th- those are tricky to pull off well a lot mm-hmm. of movies attempt the like bleak ending and fail miserably like the mist hmm. um or uh, what was the movie with uh Robert Pattinson when oh when his dad go off to September 11th yeah whatever whatever that movie was um or yeah the, I don't know what what you're supposed to think of what is the Nicholas Sparks movie where or uh, Maria oh, is like a ghost at the is, end is yeah the, her friend's a ghost at the end I don't know if that's necessarily a downer ending or not but but I mean it's like somewhere in between like what is the point of that is that mm-hmm. necessary yeah it has to be it well, has it's to be it's tricky to, to pull off uh, an ending like that because usually. To have a, a resolution to a story, there is a natural, I don't know if happiness is the right word, but like, if, if for like the main character to suddenly die at the end, that usually doesn't feel like a resolution. Right. You know, you can't just have them randomly get shot at the end of a movie. Like, you have to like have everything feel like it's led to this point. And that's, yeah, it has to be the completion of that journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's, if it's not even just the character's journey, it has to be the audience's journey. That's why, like in Lost, to, to name check that again, like the 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 characters who died typically, it was their flashback episode, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. you not only had to complete their journey over the course of the entire show up until that point, but you had to do it over the course of that forty five minutes. 
Mm-hmm. And which is why I think so much more can happen in a sequel than in a prequel. Even if theoretically you could end on a down note in a prequel because you have like permission to, because we already know that like the good guys win in the end. Mm-hmm. That to me is not as much of an opportunity as a sequel where you don't know what happens at all. And you can take this story in so many different directions. Right. Um, that you couldn't in the prequel. Like everybody knew the prequel was going to end with an Obi-Wan versus, An- versus Anakin lightsaber fight near lava. Like everybody knew that was, that's how it ultimately was going to go down. Well, and, and the other thing that Jared said, uh, previously was that to him, Star Wars, main Star Wars should be about the Skywalkers. And that's stuff that I think we've been saying since the beginning of this podcast that I feel like, uh, I would like it to be either Luke or Leia's kids. I would like for, uh, Daisy really to be either Luke or Leia's, you know, offspring in some fashion or, you know, related to them in some way. I would like, I would like simple. I don't necessarily over. need there to be a blood relation. I would, I would. I don't know. Then I would think that you would need to have definitely set up like a new family saga in a way um, to follow. But I mean, like there's simple things from the Star Wars formula that I would like to hold over. Like I would like episode seven while it's setting up like threads for the future movies to be kind of its own standalone movie, probably with a semi happy ending of sorts. You know, that battle was over. The war continues. And then I wouldn't mind like the. See, I don't, I don't even need that. I just I want them to go make a good Star Wars movie. That's all I want. I mean, to me, that I don't need them to stick to like the episode four structure, you know, like if they want to have this one be the empire, you know, where everything's bad for our heroes, go ahead. If that's how the story works, them redefining Star Wars. And I think they have to do that in a large way, especially if they want to keep this going. But uh, I think that's something that Jared's saying and not realizing that we're all saying is that it's in flux what what Star Wars actually is, what we think of as a good Star Wars movie. Well, he like he prefers the prequels more than the original trilogy, which I, I think is basically insane. Uh, personally, <laughs> I I don't know how anyone could think that. Uh, um, Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest movies ever made, without a doubt. I was just watching part of it the other day. That movie's fucking wonderful, without a doubt. But um, though another Jared commented that we had said in our previous podcast uh, in Phantom Menace. A lot of the action is set up in a way where you can tell what's going on, unlike other action inspired by like Nolan style Batman Begins. That's true. I don't. I, I think the point of what's going on in Batman Begins though is that it's happening so fast you're not supposed to see the action. It's the yeah, iconic I'm not like a huge sequence. fan of that style anyway though. But like the, the iconic action sequences aren't the point of what's going on there. Um, and I think that's kind of a little bit of what JJ's going for, at least from what we can see from the Stormtrooper see, thing. I, I don't think he can really gather anything from that. I mean, we're talking about like literally like 20 frames of footage, right? And we don't know what the finished product will look like, but. Uh, that kind of kinetic feel of going into a battle, like I don't think we needed to see streamlined, clear action sequences there. I, I'm I'm not a fan of the. It's confusing because it's supposed to be confusing. Like I don't know the the Ridley Scott doctrine. Not a fan. Well, and then I don't think that would work for a Star Wars film. That's not something I would buy into. But yeah, I don't. It's it's like I said. It's very curious what will hold over and what won't. And while style and setting up stories, um. It's an enviable, exciting, probably like infuriating position that J.J. Abrams is in. I mean, because I don't know, like the way the Internet is set up now, I feel like he's bound to piss off more people than he is to please just because so many Star Wars fans are assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he won't be able to please everybody. I I think as long as his goal is to make a good Star Wars movie, I think he's on the right track. 
Yeah. You're not going to be able to please everyone. Yeah. Well, and the same thing with with the Star Trek movies. I think he brought in a lot of non-Star Trek fans to, mm-hmm. to a property. Yeah, the, the ironic thing is that people who weren't huge Star Trek fans liked the new Star Trek movies. Yeah. Those people who spend money on the Which tickets. Which is, I mean, going back to Star Trek Generations, I, I remember being a Star Trek nerd and getting the fucking Star Trek fan club magazine in the mail, and there was Patrick Stewart's quote that his first priority was to make a good movie, and then maybe down the road have it be considered a good Star Trek movie too. That'd be great. And then they made Insurrection. Yeah. but yeah episode seven less than a year away now it's kind of a quiet time i sense that like there haven't been any leaks recently because whatever department was like leaking that concept art is like no longer involved in the production which Mm -hmm. is why none of these sites have any rumors right now right um spinoffs i i just don't know I, I, my ideal spinoff, I guess, for what they're doing right now is like, if you're going to do some sort of bounty hunter heist movie, at least like set it in between episode seven and episode eight. Even if it's not directly impacting the episode eight storyline, if you were to like pick back up, you know, like one of those side characters, like that makes so much more sense to me than like, Hey, everyone want to see how they sold the Death Star plans with Boba Fett? It's like, so no, I actually don't want to see that. Would you say then that? Like at least in a theoretical sense, that what you would want is if they were to do these side movies during the original trilogy, you would want something, at least on paper, like Shadows of the Empire. Eh, I don't know. I I, I feel like that sort of filling in the gaps type of storytelling is best left to like comic books and and novels, kind of like in like expanded universe, throwaway continuity. Yeah, even though theoretically everything counts now. Like, do we do we need to see a young Han Solo movie where he meets Chewie? No. Like, do we do we actually need to see like what he does to like get Chewie's life debt? I don't need to see that on the big screen. Like, you're only making so many of these movies. Make them good, you know. Well, yeah. So when I when I watch Royal Tenenbaums and uh, Gene Hackman says that his like manservant mm-hmm. is is his you know manservant, they had this bond because he like got stabbed and he carried him twelve miles to the hospital. And who stabbed you? Oh, he did. There was a contract out of my life or whatever. Like, I don't need to then see a movie of that. Yeah. Just imagining it from that dialogue alone is, is perfect. It's, I, in, uh, it's, I think it was in Shadows of the Empire that they told the story of, you know, how those many Bothans died to bring them that information. It yeah. wasn't that interesting. Yeah, shocking. It yeah, was I, like, I, yeah, I, a lot of Bothans died. That's too bad. You got the plans. Like you said, filling out the gaps, though, pick your battles. You know, there's times when it's just not necessary. Sometimes telling to me the than showing it would be better like if if you insist on doing some sort of prequel like go go a thousand years back or something go to a time where like we're not directly connecting you're not recasting any roles of the original big three or anything like that just go way back mm. and then, then you can do whatever you want you don't have to worry about like stepping on any continuity or anything you know you can like tell your own like then it becomes less of a prequel and then it's its own movie which just takes place many 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 years before these other movies really what they need is the side movie about the oliphant yeah timothy oliphant you mean yeah i don't know i like i'd like the idea of a smugglers and bounty hunters movie i just don't like it set during the time of the original trilogy because i it just doesn't seem it seems like we're we're, we'd be working towards a preconceived ending Mm -hmm. what if I mean, how do you feel about the idea, of, like, say, in the side movies of, like, the flashbacks? 
in in the side movies yeah i mean i guess my thing is like if you can at all avoid it like don't recast the main characters just just right. fight that urge <laughs> you don't need to you're you're making a new episode seven that's 30 years later you're transitioning to new young actors that you can use for years and years to come you know like fight the urge to have a, a new Han Solo or a new Luke because it's not going to be the same and people are like it's just not going to work like if, if you wanted to do that you might as well just reboot Star Wars right now with Idris Elba um, wasn't wasn't that in like what's his name's official press thing when they announced like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac it was like setting up the future of Star Wars or whatever yeah it's like three young new leads or something like that um, yeah hmm I mean, what if it was something like the side movie was like the the opening of like uh, Last Crusade, you know, and then then it kind of moves 20 years of the future. But with like, what character? I don't even know. I, I, I Like, I feel like we've already seen like the origins that we need to of Han and Luke and Leia. Like, oh, it'd have to be side characters, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think you need a Han character movie. I mean... I, I think you said you read them like the old like Han Solo solo paperbacks. Oh yeah, always seemed interesting to me. And then I think every time I read reviews of them, they sound like they're terrible. And then I'm like, oh, I should stay. Well, away. there are two. There are like the old old ones from like the 80s, uh, and then there were some newer ones they wrote in like the late 90s. Um, I only read the late 90s ones. They were just. Eh. I mean, there's certain things from Star Wars that I have no problem not taking in, like the holiday special. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time for everyone to let the holiday special go. Yeah. Let's just say it was really terrible and move on. Viking funeral for the holiday special? Mm-hmm. But other spinoff ideas, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there will be side characters in Episode 7 that they could do stuff with. Um, I guess it all depends on what the major like movers of the plot are. Like, are there some MacGuffins or there, you know... Mm-hmm. things that need collecting anything like that that you could bring in like uh what's his name kylo ren kylo ren and kira ray yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm trying to think of like what what type of like flashback type of story could they tell in one of these spinoffs that would like be interesting to the audience like to me the only way you do it is like you introduce a character near the end of the movie that you don't really know anything about and then you get like the movie of their backstory yeah yeah exactly that's but it, ha- that... it would have to be a new character you know like like you, you whatever... can't just go back and be like hey this is what han was doing when he was a so, teenager let me throw this at you then so basically like depending on who he's playing depending on what kind of character he is you in theory, wouldn't have a problem with like the spin-off movie about young uh, Max von Sydow. Well, supposedly he's playing a character who's already been in like the prequels. That that's one of the rumors. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I. But who could it be? I don't know. Like it, it was like not Boba Fett, but he's been in the prequels or the original trilogy, and everyone's just like Dengar. Like who the fuck are you talking about? Hmm. Um, I yeah, but theoretically, like. If it was some small role and you had a good story to tell, I guess I could see a flashback movie because then you could recast and it wouldn't matter. You just, I don't know. You don't want it to trivialize any of like the main storyline. Right. Um, but I think you and I are covering ground we've, we've covered before. We yeah. basically said that the, the side movies should in their own way glorify and hype up the new trilogy. Or just be interesting stories on their own that don't 
interfere with any of the previously right. established canon, you know, like you wouldn't want to see a, a movie where it's like, by the way, like there's this other thing happening during like uh, the Death Star 2 battle. And like these guys actually totally saved the day and he never knew it. Like mm-hmm. that just kind of feels like bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the heist was, you know, set on the Death Star during Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It's like, the oh, perfect- there's there's somebody who's probably Luke. We just see the back of his head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect distraction. The rebels mm-hmm. are going to attack them. Mm. And then there's Josh Trank. Who we hate. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean I've only seen one movie of his in Chronicle. I, I don't understand people who like that movie. I really don't. Uh, those I, are- I haven't heard a single good detail come out of this Fantastic Four fiasco there are like various rumors and who knows if these are true or not but rumors that he might have even been fired from that movie for being a douche on the set from like the reshoots Um, yeah i i'll i'll be very surprised at this point if he actually ends up directing a star wars spinoff i feel like it's just a matter of time before they like let that one go on another friday night that was the thing with this gary witta uh writing news it was like friday night they're like oh by the way we just uh you know, this guy's moving on because he's finished his draft. Isn't everyone happy? We're announcing this on a Friday when we hope everybody forgets about it right. over the weekend. Which is funny that that Josh Trank could get fired for being an asshole on the set because, like, the writer for Chronicle, Max Landis, is possibly like campaigning to be the youngest, biggest asshole <laughs> in all of Hollywood. And I don't necessarily disagree with some of some of his opinions on things. He posted like a long video basically tearing down just a little bit of what's wrong with like Man of Steel. And I agree with most of his points, but the guy is a huge prick. Hmm. Um, but yeah, whatever, Josh Trank. I'd, I would love to hear that. I just fired from the reshoots. I would love to hear just everything about that. Fantastic Four reboots tanking. Yeah, I, I just don't think that guy's going to end up doing a, a Star Wars movie. It doesn't seem like it. Mostly just because like the whole the whole mindset going into it just seems so flawed. Well, I feel like they could do better, basically, like, especially yeah. with the spinoffs, like some of these directors might not be interested in doing one of the main saga movies because it, they might feel a little too restricted. Mm. But in a spinoff, I think you have a little more leeway to like, you can get creative, you can do things you wouldn't normally do in a Star Wars movie, you know, right. Um, I, I feel like that would be an attractor to a lot of talented directors. And Josh Trank is not one of the talented directors I would want to attract at that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of issues with like the Godzilla movie, but I I have much more faith in Gareth Edwards than I do Josh Trank. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, Chronicle was a clusterfuck. I, I don't understand why people think that's an amazing movie. I really don't. Yeah. And then there's always the fear. What if he brings over some of his actors? Like, what if he brings over Miles Teller? I don't want that guy Miles anywhere Teller near. Miles Teller stay out of Star Wars. I don't even want Miles Teller to be allowed to watch Star Wars movies, let alone be in one. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do we have anything else to talk about? No, I think we've I think we've covered where we are now. Um, the only rumors, I think, about when a new Star Wars like trailer could possibly be out, probably the Avengers. Yeah, well, there's that whole like celebration thing. I think mm-hmm. that's in May or something. I don't know. I don't really follow that whole Which circuit. Be right about Avengers time, right? Yeah. Um, well, we got the names. I think we might have talked about that already. Ray and Finn and Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some like action figure leaked news, but, like not really. It was basically like 
here's the list of new action figures and it's all like it was it was like basically they'd redacted the names or given them generic names you know so you wouldn't know who these characters were which thank god although i think i read somewhere that the toys like the the merchandising uh like you know blowout is like in september so we're gonna have like four months of star wars toys and, and merchandise before the movies come out that'll be interesting to see how much they can keep the plot of the movie under wraps but still have like a bunch of toys and shit i mean obviously they happen on different timetables but it's almost the same thing but possibly worse than like qui-gon's noble end you yeah. know being the track on the soundtrack well like, i mean i'm gonna assume that the trailer the next trailer we get like the full trailer not the teaser mm-hmm. it's going to at least give a basic outline of what the plot is oh i'm sure i'm sure because it's going to uh, be a trailer finally yeah yeah that's the whole point but like but it's like, can they can they keep it to just that and not, you know, do the Qui-Gon's Noble End, like, too much information thing? Right. I mean, it's it's a tragedy when, like, your merchandising mm-hmm. ruins the thing that's being merchandised. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of thought that guy was going to die anyway, but still. Yeah. It was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, it's you don't want to be watching the opening credits for a movie and have your friend lean over and let you know the butler did it in advance. Mm-hmm. I guess that if that happens, though, then you're... You're really wondering how the butler did it. Yeah, but that's a fundamentally different way to watch a movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how many mystery elements are actually in the Star Wars movie. I sense a lot of the reason J.J. and them have been clamping down on it so tightly is they just, they don't want to wear anyone out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like there's going to be so much that you're going to be inundated with, especially if the the merchandise release is September. Like, mm. they don't want people to, like, feel like they've already seen the movie six months beforehand. Well, and that's that's the thing. A lot of these shared universe, like world building, you know, marketing film ventures mm-hmm. are are not realizing they're going into. Like, I mean, I think I saw like Entertainment Weekly articles about how like shit, like three X Men movies next year. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Well, and even with Marvel, it's like, hey, if, you know, Age of Ultron's coming out. That seems really cool. But then we also know that there's this like two part Infinity War movie coming. And so suddenly Age of Ultron doesn't feel as big as it should because there's something bigger looming in like a couple of years down the line. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they should have talked about the third and fourth Avengers movies yet. I feel like they should have just said, like, we're making a movie that's coming out on this date. It's it's a it's a Marvel superhero movie. We'll give you more details later type of thing, you know? Right, exactly. Especially since they've already pretty much all but confirmed that the third and fourth Avengers movies will not be directed by Joss Whedon. Yeah, they're going to be the Rousseau brothers. Yeah, it's like, but here on the eve of, like, your next, you know, billion dollar... You should wait until after the next movie comes out. Yeah. You know, like, like I wouldn't want to start hearing about shit for episode nine now. You know, I'd be like, geez, episode seven hasn't come out yet, you know? I mean, I didn't even need to know, honestly, that Ryan Johnson has a role there that's great mm-hmm. I, I, i'm thankfully he's not commenting too much he's probably doesn't have a whole lot to comment on yet but thank god he on whatever like uh grantland podcast he was on there that you know he's like my job is just kind of sit around for now like taking taking notes and observe because yeah i mean just don't turn turn your your creator into like a lame duck before their mm-hmm. their exactly already unleashed yeah let 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 episode seven come out and then let's start getting some news for episode eight. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't happen beforehand. Cause it, it just feels like you're watching a TV show where the, the series finale is always another episode away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we'll be back. I don't know. Maybe something will happen in February. We'll see. I mean, I, I kind of sense we're not going to get any big news for a while. Right. Um, cause there doesn't really need to be any. Cause I don't, other than the action figures, like, I don't think they have any video games slated to come out. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe that, like, next Star Wars Battlefield game might have, like, some levels from the, the sequels in them, but. Yeah, I, th- I think for a while we're probably not going to hear much. And then I imagine we'll hear a lot as it gets into like April, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I mean, sure, we'll be back on that Friday when they announce that Josh Trank has moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we need to podcast that. Yeah, it would just be like, told you so. I almost feel like they're never even going to say it. Like, this would be like a year from now and people would be like, hey, whatever happened to that? And Disney's like, ha, ha, ha. Let me talk to you about episode eight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, you know, you know, we may have to talk about though. Um, they should, I would guess if they're on the same schedule as episode seven, we should be hearing like casting and a little more about whatever this first spinoff is. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, that should be happening soon, unless it's in like turnaround now because they fired the writer. I don't right. know. We don't like theoretically, like, what was it? Like, uh, they just fired, they just fired some like action people recently, right? Some like stunt people or something. That was for episode seven. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the the raid guys, which neat. I, I kind of wonder, like, did they just hire them or did they work with them, like, four months ago and we just didn't know it? Oh, like the Rachel and Thomas thing? Because it wasn't really clear, like, if they just started work on it or just, like, it was confirmed that they would be in the movie in some way. But, yeah, you're right. We should hear about casting about uh, the first spinoff, like. Within a few months, it would seem like. yeah. Which that alone should tell Janelle you. Janelle Parrish. Janelle Parrish, everyone. She needs mm-hmm. to be in that movie. Mm-hmm. Darth Mona. Mm-hmm. She, she can play a bounty hunter. She can play a Sith Lord. Whatever you need. You know, mm-hmm. smuggler. Yeah. Her her actor's sizzle reel should just be amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So we'll be back when we're back. May the force be with you. Always. Always.